Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Autism Stories. I'm your host, Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Autistic people are the true experts of the autistic experience, and Autism Stories is where we interview autistic people to learn from their stories, experiences, and get their advice. If you would like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review, as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. April's just around the corner, and for so many autistic folks, this is such a challenging month due to organizations and people not representative of the community using this month to share unhelpful information. And we are having an event called Stimmy Vibration to to help change that on April 2nd. This event is a chance for autistic podcasters to give you, the autistic community and allies, new material that seeks to amplify your voices. Our goal is to provide a sense of community and to provide helpful information that that our listeners can apply to their lives. A link to learn more about this event and register so you aren't missing out on this day to celebrate Autistic Voices can be found in the podcast description of this episode. Self-care is a concept that's talked a lot about these days, and I find that some of the most therapeutic things one can do for themselves is through art, whether it's music, dance, or art. That's why I'm excited that Gabrielle Hailstone joins this episode of Autism Stories to talk about how she uses her music to discuss her identity. She also talks with us about ballet as a special interest and what comedy and what accommodations could be helpful for autistics when participating in ballet. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Gabrielle, uh, welcome to Autism Stories. Thanks for joining us. Oh yeah, no problem. It's, uh, it's my pleasure. Starting out, where does your story in the autistic community begin? So it all started with Greta Thunberg. I haven't met her, obviously, but I heard of her and then I... I heard that she had, quote, quote, Asperger's, and I was—I had never heard of that word before. I was like, what is Asperger's? <laughs> it's kind of sad, really, but then that's when I went down the rabbit hole, and yeah, I identified with pretty much everything on the list as far as, like, female characteristics of autism, and was really fortunate to receive a diagnosis probably maybe about six months, six months after that, so. Now, you're a recording artist and recently debuted a new music video titled, Who Am I? How has learning your autistic helped you to answer that question of who am I? Yeah, it's, it's definitely helped a lot. <laughs> I would say that probably most of my life I... You know, I knew, I knew like what I liked to do, and I and I knew certain aspects of myself, but I never understood why. And so, yeah, or why I had challenges, and yeah, it's just been a huge, it's been a huge eye opener for me as far as continuing on that 
journey of of self discovery because yeah, I think for for most of my life I like kind of knew, but I didn't know. So yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot done back there. It's, it's pretty amazing just as far as just like figuring out your neurotype. It's fantastic, and I'm super super happy that I know now. <laughs> Now your music video, I, I really enjoyed it. It was very well done. What's what's the process of creating something like that? It's kind of like um, how can I describe it? It always it always starts out with a plan in my head. <laughs> I always have like a visual. I'm a very visual thinker, so I always have like different visuals of what I want to like create with the music. And let's say I'm super lucky because I've kind of always been in that industry as far as like the entertainment industry goes and so I think that's helped a lot just kind of figuring out the process but for me since figuring out about being autistic now I, I kind of feel like I've narrowed it down quite a bit so that's really nice I like to go for kind of that minimalist approach just because I get overstimulated really easily so it's nice to kind of just figure out, okay, this is the way I like to do these things, and I can kind of tailor it to what works. And I usually use a mixture of, like, natural light with maybe one source of a light that I can control, and then it's all just about getting the right angles and figuring out, like, the performance piece of it, too, and just a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> the editing process is probably the longest part, as you probably... No, maybe you know it's like the yeah the filming part usually is a lot shorter than the actual yeah the finished stuff. <laughs> I I definitely know from editing uh, these podcasts that it is it is it is a longer process. Your pro your editing process probably takes longer the the video component, but certainly with the with the audio aspect of it, there's definitely some some time that goes into that. Yeah, for sure. It's um. It's super fun, and I could go on forever about that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, yeah. You were mentioning um, you kind of have, like, a minimalist approach because you get overwhelmed by things, and I can definitely relate to that. Can you talk a little bit about kind of that approach and what, what are some things that help you? Just kind of remembering what my, I guess, my mission is the music helps a lot so that I don't get overwhelmed with all the little details because I can get super focused on the details, you know, and I have a hard time focusing on the big picture. I try to remind myself of what I, what the message is that I'm trying to convey. And then I kind of try to let the details fall into place. And more specifically, just like a more minimalist, even like wardrobe or makeup or things like that. I just try to keep super minimal just so that it's not distracting me from like the message that I'm trying to, trying to convey. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Now in your music video, you talked about how you make uh, too many compromises and enough is, is enough. What types of situations would you say that you would like to make less compromises in the future? Um, less compromises. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, because I feel like growing up not knowing that I was on the spectrum, it was very, very easy just to people please your way through everything, you know, and not 
understand what, or even like recognize your own voice, you know, your own internal dialogue. <laughs> and so I think for me, it's about learning how to recognize that internal dialogue, you know, that's me instead of like what I've projected to be me, I guess. <laughs> and so trying to filter out like those things and then the compromises, I can't think of any specific examples, but you know, there's, there's just so many little things, you know, like having the lighting too bright and then just being like, oh, I'll deal with it, you know, instead of being like, no, this actually really bothers me and being like taking action on that. Like, okay, now like I hear that, now I can go and like turn down the light, <laughs> you know, like taking the next step is definitely challenging. I think when you've had a whole life of just like suppressing that. So yeah, just, just trying to make sure that I'm listening to that inner dialogue is definitely my goal in the future. <laughs> now, now, would you describe your music? Um, you know, I listened to some of it and preparing to talk to you. And in, 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 would you describe it as electronic and dance music? Yes, definitely. I that's like the vibe that I try to project out. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I love dancing stuff. What What about it? particularly appeals to you? I started out in the dance community. Um, I started when I was like three years old and then kind of took a hiatus and then started again later in life at like age nine or ten and then continued until about my early 20s. And so I've always loved dancing and so I think that having a way to express like dancing through music through dance music, if that makes sense, <laughs> is like a really good way for me as an artist to like transition out of that like dance world and into like the musical aspect just because transitions can be hard as an autistic. So I try to like make those things easy and smooth as possible. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. I see the connection. So um, in terms of your music, how can our listeners learn, um, listen to your music and uh, Learn more about it. Yeah, I have a link on my Instagram, Relly. It's R3 L L I E, and you can go and there's a link tree link, and I have places you can stream it on Spotify and SoundCloud. So, yeah, that's how I'm, I'm getting it out there at the moment. Now you were you were talking about dancing earlier, and I I read that um, ballet's been a special interest in your life. And it sounds like you eventually got really, really good at it. What were aspects of ballet that you realized maybe this wasn't for me anymore? So it was a very difficult time in my life with the teenage years and all that stuff. I, there was a period where I like quit and then I stopped and I quit and stopped a couple times. But what ended it was basically like the competition aspect of being a dancer and then also like the social aspect because the dance world is very like I would say very neurotypical and that there's a lot of like kind of backstabby weird like energy that's like I don't know it's very it's just very competitive and like me as a person I'm like not competitive at all <laughs> and so that was difficult and then also the social aspect very like just feeling like I didn't fit in with my peers and even, which is funny because, like, even, you know, having having an interest, you know, wasn't enough <laughs> because I decided, okay, maybe this isn't for me, but in reality, I just didn't really fit in anywhere, so <laughs> that's what it was, and so looking back, it's kind of sad, but at the same 
like, you know, it, it is what it is. And it's like now, at least now I know so that like, I, you know, I've like found, okay, I found like a tribe of people that like, okay, I can connect with. And it's a lot, it feels like it's a lot easier now to just have that sense of like belonging as to where before I was always chasing it, trying to find it, not figuring out like why, you know, so. Now, sometimes the support we get can be the difference between continuing with something and, and stopping it altogether. Would there have been any type of support or maybe accommodations you could have received while doing ballet that you think would have allowed you to continue to do this thing that was your special interest? Yeah, I think the transitions were the hardest part for me, Go- going straight from school to dance was that was a thing usually um like I would have like meltdowns before going to dance and then not knowing why and then just like that whole cycle of just feeling like I didn't want to go but not knowing why (laughs) you know because it wasn't because I didn't like the dance part it was because that transition was too fast for me so I feel like if I had some sort of coach there to tell me like hey it's okay like you can maybe take a later class and you don't have to necessarily take the class that's like right after you get home from school or something like that. That would have been nice. <laughs> and then also like learning new combinations in a class is difficult for me, especially if they were like back to back, like new ones. Maybe if I had like an older combination combined with like learning a new one and then like kind of switching off like that, that would have been a lot easier. And then the final one, I think, was not being expected to like partner dance because when you're doing ballet there's that expectation that you need to dance with another dancer (laughs) and it usually it's like between a male and a female right and so that aspect was a little bit awkward for me and just not knowing how to get that social like kind of like the expression in with the with the combinations is also difficult so like the combination of those two things together so yeah, I feel like if I was more free to be more of like a solo performing, solo dancer, I probably would have done better that way. So just like little things. It's just so funny, you know? <laughs> yeah. I can definitely see where that partner dance can be real uncomfortable. Yeah. And like, I've never liked to partner dance. Like even with like my significant other, you know, like I remember trying to do like salsa or something like that and it just like didn't work. <laughs> like this is so awkward. Like. And I didn't know why. I was like, is it the relationship? It's like, is this not the right relationship? But no, it was like me. Like, I couldn't read, like, the cues and all that, you know, it was just, like, so difficult. So, yeah. (laughs) If I get step-by-step instructions, I can dance. Otherwise, I'm in big trouble. Right. Yeah, don't just, like, throw it all at me at once kind of a thing. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah, oh, forget it. There's no way. (laughs) Changing topics a little bit, I have met many autistic women who are interested in working with computers, particularly in regards to coding. So, so something that you're involved with, she codes responsive. Um, I'm interested in in that experience. What exactly is she codes responsive, and what have you learned from that experience? So yeah, she codes is something that I came across on the internet and I've gone through, this will be my last program that I'm going to be doing with them and I'm going to finish probably in the next two weeks. But Responsive was basically one of their workshops that deals with building websites that are responsive, which basically 
they're responsive to like whatever size of screen you're on, like say a computer or a laptop or a phone or whatever, and make sure that it looks good um, on different devices. So that's something that I, I have completed now since I really have enjoyed She Codes a lot. It's funny because I never really thought that I would get into tech, but I've always kind of inadvertently been around it just because I'm a millennial and <laughs> and it's just kind of like a part of, you know, it's a part of our life. And so I figured, hey, you know, like, give it a shot. And so I've been in kind of like this weird phase of like autistic burnout the last few years, not really knowing what my next steps will be as far as career, a career goes, a way to support myself. And as kind of what's the word, cliche or whatever as it sounds, is like, well, autistic people like techie, like, okay, I'll try that out. <laughs> but yeah, I, She Codes is amazing. It's for women and specifically, and it's really, man, there's, I could say so much just about how amazing they are as far as encouraging you to like take breaks if you get overwhelmed and like just certain things like that. So yeah, it's really changed my life and I could go, I don't know if you want to go into more about just like tech in general, but as an autistic person, I kind of had my, I have like a love-hate relationship with tech. Like on one hand, I really love it because it's just convenience, right? It's like makes your life so much easier on so many levels. But then there's this other side to it where I feel like a lot of it is very like neurotypical. <laughs> I know that sounds really weird, but like a lot of things aren't as intuitive as I would like them to be as an autistic person, like just like not knowing that, oh, you have to tap the screen in order for this thing to pop up or whatever, you know, <laughs> because it's like invisible. So like if you're just out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. So yeah, I guess for me, I would just like to be more involved so that it can, tech in general can be like more inclusive. So yeah. I mean, that's the thing about different websites. You kind of have to figure out how to use each one, and that can be pretty frustrating to a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and tech also changes a lot very frequently, which is also like, I mean, I guess it's good because you're always improving, but I, for me as an autistic person, it's like, I just got used to that one version, <laughs> you know, and then like, you're going to go and change it again. Ah! So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that would look like in the future. I'm still kind of figuring that out. But I think that it's important for more autistic people to have their say in, in that as well. <laughs> Coding is essentially a way for us to communicate with computers. So I'm kind of wondering, what's the importance for you in communicating with computers? Um, yeah, I think that computers are the future basically like I think it's just gonna keep getting more and more intertwined in our lives and I think that having those skills to to be able to communicate with computers is really just essential if if we want to continue continue down that path of like enmeshment I guess and it you know technology is just like a tool and it can be used for good or bad right so I think that the more people learn how to use tech, or the more, like, good-willed people <laughs> can learn how to use tech, the more we can, like, steer it in a better direction. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for is that, like, it, it's... And to me, like, technology is power. 
I feel like if you don't know certain things, like you're going to be left in the dust. <laughs> and so I just think that it's super important. Like for me, before joining She Codes, I didn't even know how to like handle files. <laughs> That's how like my like ignorance was. But now that I like can learn, like I learned all these things, like it makes life so much easier. So yeah, I think it's a super important tool. I was interested in something you said about she codes. Like, you you were talking about how they encourage you to take breaks and not to be overwhelmed. Is that just part of their philosophy, or you know, how do those things come about? Yeah, I, I think just a part of their their teachings or philosophy. Definitely, I think that they're dealing with they're dealing with women specifically, and I think that a lot of the times. Women aren't taught necessarily technology as much. I don't know why. I didn't even think of that before, but that's kind of coming to mind. Like, And so I think that maybe they're just trying to meet their people where they're at, and I think that's pretty awesome. I really couldn't recommend She Codes enough. I mean, the guy's French, and so he's got a French accent. I love accents. So I was like, okay, this guy, like, I could listen to him for, like, hours. No problem. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, it's just, they're very, like, methodical, step-by-step thing. And obviously, like, I've had some challenges with that with school, too, because that's always going to be there. You know what I mean? Like, if you're an autistic person trying to learn from an, a neurotypical person, there's going to be some roadblocks because <laughs> the communication's different. But at least now, like, I know the roadblocks, and I can kind of, like, say, oh, why don't I get that? Oh, it's probably because they're not saying something, and I don't know what that thing is. <laughs> so I'm going to go back and try to figure out, like, what's missing and try to, like, fill in the blanks, you know, because before, like, I didn't even know, like, that I was missing blanks. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's a world of a difference. So, yeah. Well, Gabrielle, I, I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much for taking time to talk with me about music, ballet, and uh, coding today. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much for inviting me on here. I was a little bit nervous, not going to lie, but like I feel like you have a really good conversation flow with your questions, so thank you so much. Thanks so much to Gabrielle for the conversation. To learn more about Gabrielle and her music, check out the link in the podcast description of this episode. Something that really stood out to me was when Gabrielle was talking about the challenge for her in transitioning from school to dance. Transitioning can be a challenge for so many people, and Autism Personal Coach helps our clients develop strategies to make this process less overwhelming when thinking about each person's sensory needs self-advocacy needs, and executive functioning needs in this process. If this sounds like something that would help you in your life, then you can book a free call with me today to discuss making this a reality. A link for the free call can be found in the podcast description of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autism Stories, and if you did, if you could tell a friend, foe, or anyone you know about it so they could have the same enjoyable experience as you when listening to Autism Stories, it would very much be appreciated. On the next episode of Autism Stories, we will discuss the autistic experience in the military. Until next time, I'm Doug Bletcher of Autism Personal Coach. Talk to you then.